welcome to the Fantasy Rewind Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dylan Stoll, and I'm joined as always by my friend, Michael Wifford. Hey, hey, hey. So today, we're going to be talking about Rings of Power Episode 5, titled... Partings. Partings. Short, sweet, right to the point of what's going to be going down in this episode. Such a throwback to the Peter Jackson trilogy because it just makes me think of the shire and like a parting of ways and like you know they're leaving and like gandalf's leaving or even when you get to the fellowship a parting of ways like when frodo and sam go off to mordor and then aragorn and the rest of the companions head off to rohan to rescue um mary and pippin so much going on with there so before we get into the rewind here we're just gonna give you our typical reminders where if you want to get in contact with the show you could get out and add us on our email, which is fantasyrewindpod at gmail.com. You could also send us a message or comment or anything on our Instagram, which is at fantasyrewindpod. And then you could also get at us on Twitter, which is at fantasyrewind. If you send- and the reason it's not at fantasyrewindpod is because Twitter doesn't let you add the pod to the end. I've tried. And so if you send us a old. message or a comment and you want a sticker just let us know we'll send one to you all we need is your address also one more piece of housekeeping is we are still in the midst of our one year anniversary giveaway so if you would like a copy of fire and blood by george rr martin the eye of the world by robert jordan the silmarillion by jrr tolkien sandman volume one preludes and nocturnes by neil gaiman or Perilous Star by Alyssa Markins. Send us an email, comment, DM, any way of getting in contact with us. Say hi. Let us know what you think of the show so far, any feedback you have, any topics you want covered, whatever you want to do. And just doing all of that will enter you into a chance to win the giveaway. And we'll be drawing the giveaway winner on October 1st and posting to our social media on October 3rd who was the winner of that doing it on that day. Cause it's Mike's birthday. <laughs> so we'll send you the book of your choice. You can choose one of those as well as a fantasy rewind sticker or two. Now, unfortunately this giveaway is limited only to members of our fantasy community in the United States of America, since shipping is a little bit crazy. So <laughs> to our international listeners, Again, thank you so much. We're sorry. And yeah, we're sorry. We live in America, so unfortunately we have to we have cheaper shipping here and can give it back to our fantasy community here in our home country. But we love all of our American fantasy fans too. Alright, first thing, Dylan, before we get into the rewind, what have you been reading le- re- recently? Well, so I've recently been reading The Blade Itself, which is a book that's a little bit darker little bit fantasy driven um as Mm -hmm. far as the the world that it's in and that is by joe abercrombie and i'm tackling that one it's the first part in the first law trilogy which is a completed trilogy so i have just my my sights set on the finish line i'm about halfway through the book so far (laughs) it's very interesting um definitely a darker grittier world not quite as like crazy as Game of Thrones, I would say, as far as mm-hmm. that goes, but not like your 
knight in shining armor hero fantasy. It's more of everybody's a little bit dirty. As far as like a little bit gray, morally gray. So it's a complex character. It's a fun character driven series so far and I'm enjoying it. What about you, Mike? Are you reading anything currently? Yeah, so I was reading Story Worthy, which is a nonfiction piece about, uh, I forget who the author is, basically about telling stories. And I thought that was really interesting. And then now I am currently reading um, The School for Good and Evil. I wish I had it with me so I could say who the author is. But the reason I'm reading that is because of the upcoming Netflix movie um, by the same name. So I'm just reading it to sort of get prepped because I feel like It'd be kind of a fun one to cover. I think it's a movie. I think it's a movie, it's too. A show. Um, so that'll be coming out October, I want to say 18th or 19th, middle of October. Um, so I look forward to talking about that movie with you uh, when it comes out. You know, I'm expecting it to be more of like a YA movie. Right. The book is very much YA, so which is fine. It's kind of in my wheelhouse. You know, I teach fourth, fifth graders now, so... Hey, got another book recommendation for them and maybe for you guys. <laughs> All right, so without farther ado, let's hop into the rewind. Fantasy rewind. rewind. All right, so man, uh, Rings of Power, episode five. Can we just get this out of the way right now? The song, I loved it. Um, it was very kind of fun, a little melancholy, but whimsical. Right, you've said that word a lot about the Harfoots, but it really gave me like child movie vibes, like young kid movie vibes. And I think when I think about this episode after watching it and reflecting, the thing that really comes to mind for me is this message of hope. And um, we talked just real quick before the show, and you had brought up despair, and I would agree. It's like very much a hope-filled episode with despair. It's setting up for the rest of the season. All the big conflicts, all the major players. I'm getting big Two Towers vibes in the Southlands yeah. where we're going to have Numenor come on the third day. That's exactly what's going to happen. With this rising of the you sun. You know what's going to happen. <laughs> um, yeah, so lots to dig in here. I Yeah, wherever you want to start, we can start with... But that was my overall kind of impressions, if you want to start there. Sure, yeah. So my overall impressions for this episode uh, was just pretty much the same thing. I thought that this episode (laughs) really, to me, uh, honed in and like fine-tuned what was going to be happening, in my view, the rest of the season. And Mm. I thought that the Harfoot song, you know, I liked it too. I thought it was cool. Yeah. But I've seen a lot of people bashing it as well. Oh, really? Yeah, saying oh, okay. that it's kind of like a knockoff on the Sing for Manetherin, uh scene from Wheel of Time. Um, and then also talking about how the song was just dumb. <laughs> and it was clearly like a play on the saying, you know, not all who wander are not lost. Not all who wander are yeah. lost. So I personally enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Yeah, I did too. Um, the Hardfoots as a whole have been very whimsical, like you said. Uh, it's been mm-hmm. a term I've used with them a lot. And this episode a little less whimsy a little more scary for the hardfoot scenes there yeah but i think that that was good because it does show like they are um in danger of being killed at any point on their migratory journey and so i think just like starting off talking about the hardfoot storyline and playing that all the way through is a good way to go um so just real quick with this we have our stranger 
who that's what he's credited as too is the stranger yeah um but he basically comes out and he is with nori kind of learning how to talk learning different words and their meanings which (sighs) i mean i have some issues with that i I mean so if they end up making him a wizard, which let's face it, I'm pretty sure, almost 100 percent certain that's good. What's what what it's going to end up being, right? Um, especially how he impacts the elements yeah. and everything else. Um, but for him to just have no knowledge of any kind of language, almost baby like, is very strange. If he's going to end up being this wizard, well, like how are they going to gonna think, explain though, that? that? He does have knowledge of language. It's just a language that Nori and the rest of the Harfoots don't understand. Because he's like, Nori, Udu, or whatever when he's talking earlier on in the appearances. But I agree. I feel like making him too baby-like. The way he acts is very much like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, he's suffering from amnesia. And that's where I just sort of like kind of, I would just wish they would dial back on that a little bit. Like, he should have an understanding of his powers and whatever else. He does in Maybe some sense, commit. I think. Well, because you see what he does later on in the episode. Like, he... When he heals himself Well, yeah, when he ice. heals himself with the ice, yeah. But I think just yeah. sticking with them, you see Nori hanging out with the stranger. Um, you know, mm-hmm. just that growing scene of, oh, he's becoming a fa- part of the family. Who would have thought? Hope. Yeah, hope, like you hope said. Filled. Um, but then you see the wolves coming after the Harfoots while they're out here. And first of all, what did you think of the design of those wolves? It was similar to the wargs, but just like, I don't know. It kind of looked almost... Looked boar-ish. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, boar-ish. Yeah. yeah, and so like, I wasn't a big fan of the design of the wolves. I thought it was whatever. I, I thought it was whatever, but I was like, eh, whatever. Um, anyways, um, then you have the stranger coming out and basically mm-hmm. protecting the Harfoots from the wolves cool scene cool scene liked how he kind of like took his arm and like flung it down on the ground he like knocked them all down if only he had a staff i know right just you shall not pass boom (laughs) yeah but you all did you also see like how his arm was turning black when he was doing that and it almost seemed like he broke yeah it almost seemed like he damaged himself and i don't know like if that was meant to be like a burst blood vessel, his skin darkening black because he's really a Belrog or or whatever, oh and kind of dumb gosh. stuff like yeah. that. But I know. I think too, we gotta remember that again, this is not connected to the Peter Jackson trilogy, so how they choose to do magic in this can be very different. Very true. So but then you also have the after part where the the wizard, because he is a wizard, I'm fairly positive, is putting his arm in the ice to like heal himself and inadvertently hurts Nori while he's doing it. And well, is she actually hurt? Cause she like looks traumatized. Hand, looks I think completely... she's fine. I think she's freaked out. Yeah. And, and this is that despair yeah. piece, right? She had hope like he's helping. He's awesome. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like something bad happens and it's despair. And it's just also shows too like his importance to them is based off of his usefulness and her definition of things is very like basically either you're part of us or you're a danger. It's kind of like how yeah. the Harfoots look at life. And I don't like that to be honest. Like I think I don't either. I think that part's really lame. Like you see the two women talking with uh, Cedric. I think his name. Is. Oh yeah, they want. Yeah, the, they want, they want to basically banished. kick him yeah. out. 
And I was like, what? What are you doing, you heartless so much, little Yeah, heartless. so much. You caused this yeah. by having him break his foot, and then you were just going to leave him. Like, yeah, I didn't like that at all. And I think for they have some really big hypocrisy. They really do. Like, oh, we're all together in this, but hey, you can't keep up. Sorry, you're going to die. Who cares? Yeah, and I think that's a part... We'll sing about you. That's a part I feel like that a lot of people don't like about the Hardfoots, and I can completely relate to that part, because I don't like that part about the Hardfoots. I just feel like when they're on screen, they bring the whimsy that I feel like is lacking in a lot of the other parts of this world. Um, And so that's what I enjoy about them. Moving on... So another piece we gotta get to that's connected to this is the white That's exactly where I wanted to go. Yes. Who, looking at their staff, may co- you may make some connections that maybe they're another wizard, or they have something. They have some kind of connection to the meteor man, or the stranger. Well, however you want to talk about. Here's them. what I've heard. So before the series was launched and everything, they were they were kind of con- confirmed as like the priestesses of Sauron, basically. And so Mm. I am really wondering if they're going to make the Meteor Man actually Sauron and have it be like, oh, you know, Sauron isn't all that evil. Like he's he's helpful. Look at how much the the hobbits liked him. But I don't know. Because I'm trying to think of like why they would be checking out the Meteor Man's meteor hole. (laughs) And um, I I don't know. What are your thoughts on them? Maybe to sway this wizard to their side. Because yeah. we've seen that wizards can go good or evil. Right. Looking at you, Saruman. And they might be just tasked with finding any magical properties in the world and bringing them to their side. Very true. I mean, he is powerful, as we see with his ability to control the elements and knock down the wolves. So maybe they were like, oh, there's this powerful being that fell from the stars. Maybe we should bring him to the darkness and bring him in that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I want to see more of them just because I want to see what they do other than just like stand there looking ugly. And uh, like teleporting or whatever. Yeah, I have no idea like how, where they came from like or how they got there. Just walking around just the world just like, oh, yeah, we'll just walk around holding our shield and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it was it was kind of weird. Let's jump over now to the Arondir and Bromwyn storyline. All right, so we get some progress in that department where, you know, they find these mystic ruins towards the end of the episode uh, that finally connect to us what that sword is. What were your thoughts on the reveal of the sword being a key? Lame. <laughs> I, I looked at that and i was like wait really that's what you're gonna go with is your uh you're gonna basically make this sauron shaped thing in the mountain show sauron head shaped thing in the mountain and then have the handle there be the key to like activate it and or whatever i'm just like that's not at all where i thought you'd go <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was, I just saw that and I was like, this is, you know, that classic movie. Like, we just found this piece of information that, you know, was around all the time, but we just realized it was important. And it's like, wouldn't the elves have seen this and been like, we should keep an eye out for this? Right, for real. Like, you're, they're making it almost seem like, oh, yeah, that's right. I've seen those before. 
let me brush aside these vines that have grown the last 200 years and show you what you're what you're, what you're holding. I'm just like, no, yeah. that's not not very entertaining and not very good storytelling. No. Um, I did like, so in this episode, we got the kind of defaction of half of the Southlanders, you know, going back to their roots. We will bend the knee to the orcs. We don't care, like, as long as it keeps us alive. Right, Since right. they've given, been given an ultimatum, either defect and serve them or die. Effect, you know, that's their choices. Right. Um, and so half of them leave, and to Bronwyn's dismay, Theo does stay. He does, surprisingly. And he ends up having some, you know, getting a little bit of respect for Rondir. Right, some bonding with the elf. Yeah, which is good, which is leads to the reveal of the sword, which is actually a key. What did you think of the Southlanders who defected and their reception by, from the orcs? I thought it was very interesting because the guy that was, like, talking with Theo last episode about, do you know him? Do you know Sauron, boy? Like, that guy... He seems like he doesn't give a crap about anybody else, just wants to mm. live another heartbeat longer and will do whatever it takes to survive. And in this case, it includes killing a nameless teenager. So... <laughs> who would have been Theo, probably. Yeah, who would have probably been Theo. But you have this guy who is like, I'm here to serve you, great Sauron. And then Adar is just like, please, you know, I am not Sauron. <laughs> Never says he's not Sauron. But he's like, if you're not Sauron, I'll serve you, whoever you are. <laughs> and basically just groveling for any scrap of mercy. And I just thought it was a little dumb because you have these orcs that are wanting to dig all these trenches, dig all these holes or whatever. They need a workforce. So why would they have this group of humans kill potential workers for them. So to me, it didn't make much sense that they either didn't kill them all and eat them all right then and there, or that they had any of them be killed. Um, I did think it was interesting though, how that guy tried to convince Theo to come with him. And Theo's like, nah, mm -hmm. I'm going to stick here with my mom. And that was a good decision on uh, his part. Well, as of right now. Well, yes. Now I will say, an interesting motive of our Adar is that he apparently plans to get rid of the sun. Yeah, I saw that. And I was like, okay, that's that's odd. <laughs> I'm assuming maybe the key. I don't know. I don't know how it all connects yet, but we will find out together. Well, I'll tell you this. So in uh, Lord of the Rings lore, which again, coming from the Silmarillion, which they cannot follow, the sun was created by the Valar. And it was something that was done after the dawn of the world. So originally, that's why, like, you see that meme where it's like, oh, I'm whatever years old. I'm whatever years old. And then Galadriel's like, please, I'm older than the moon or something like that. Because Galadriel and some of the Noldar elves and some of the other elves, like the Teleri and some of the other um, different species of elves are all were all born and alive before the sun and the moon were actually real. Hmm. And the sun and the moon weren't actually put out until the trees of Valinor were destroyed. Um, so you have all that going on. And that's where I think like Adar's like, oh, we're going to like take it back to the good old days when uh, there was no 
there's no sun and no, nothing that could hurt the orcs and the orcs can move around freely and I thought it was interesting that he referred to them as Uruks because you think of Urukai later on which was a mm-hmm. whole new species that was created by Saruman which were orcs crossed goblins. with goblins goblins yeah. and so calling them which is weird calling them Uruks I was like huh yeah. Just like thinking about that. You would think goblins wouldn't be as big as orcs or bigger than orcs. But the Urukai were like jacked. Yeah, they were like they were jacked. So, yeah, just I always thought that was kind of like I was like, huh, I don't really see that. Unless these goblins are big. Maybe are they crossed with trolls instead? I don't I'm pretty sure it's goblins. Goblins and orcs and so it might too. be men as well. Not sure. Eh, Neither here nor there. Anyways. Yeah, no. (laughs) um, Sticking with this here, the one part of this I really didn't enjoy was how Bromwyn had her Legolos at Helm's Deep moment. Where Legolos at Helm's Deep was all talking... Who will fight with me? Yeah, talking about... (laughs) Talking crap to Strider, talking crap to Aragorn, saying like, why are you going to stay here and do this? These guys are all going to die. We can't survive the night. And he just starts going into despair Bromwyn has that kind of a moment where she like has some regrets about not leaving and Ragrets. worshiping Morgoth again because yeah. Rondir's like, oh, we're going to do this. And she's like, no, we're not. We're all going to die. It was a little cringy, but. Yeah. Well, and then yeah. her speech was very much like. Her speech was bad. <laughs> Ro- Rohan, like Rohan. Yeah. Like, who will fight with me? Ah! You know? So again, tons of callbacks this episode to the trilogy. I, intentional or not, that's where we're going to draw them, right? Right. So, all right. If you're done with that, let's jump over to uh, let's go over to Kazadoom. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, let's save them for sure. Kazadoom yeah. and well, it's not Kazadoom actually. It's really it's just Linden. Linden. Yeah. So this is a pretty short scene-ish, um, you know, scenes. But we have Elrond, and they have dinner with Durin. And Durin and Elrond's relationship continues to be one of my favorite aspects Agreed. of this show. Durin is, like, he's done so well. The actor there is just killing it. The humor, um, the kind of cleverness between him and Elrond, and just their their bromance is just great. I know that the people are pulling apart a line from... Um, <laughs> just give me the meat and give it to me raw. <laughs> yeah, from Durin's speech and just taking it so far uh but besides that like it was i liked the what we learned today from or from this episode in terms of like the relationship between the elves and dwarves yes and it gives a history to mithril and i'm not sure if that it was an accurate nope. history or not. i don't really remember no nope. okay nope not that accurate but that's okay uh, because, again, we technically can't hear about what happened to the Silmarils because of legal issues. However, one of the Silmarils did get swallowed up into the Earth. So I think they're, like, loosely playing on that one where it's like, oh, this Silmaril grew in a tree. And then this guy was fighting an elf. Or sorry, was fighting a Belrog. And then um, his their fight cause the light of the Silmaril to shoot into the mountains and create Mithril. And I was like, that's an interesting way to make a Mithril, um, like, you know, to have it have a backstory within this universe here. And so I didn't mind it 
because no. it just answered a question that I don't think I ever thought to ask. Um, but it was... What created Mithril and why is it so special? Yeah, it was still unexpected, uh, was still kind of cool. However, my biggest takeaway from this particular group of scenes was why do the elves need to have Mithril or they're going to die? It's because they want the light, apparently. To save the tree. I Like, that's all I was getting. I was like, so what are they... What are, I agree with you. It's It, it kind of is like, okay, so they need this to survive, but and it's because it has the light of... Of Valinor. You know, but. The Valinor to help them or to keep them sustained. But at the same time, like, there's something missing here, and I feel like Gilgalad isn't giving all the information See, I don't, I don't really like how they've been portraying Celebrimbor, how they've been portraying Gilgalad, because... Very manipulative. Yeah, very manipulative. And, I mean, if you read about some of the early elven kings and everything, they are quite, quite manipulative and very, um, very different from Elrond and his portrayal in the main trilogy. However, I don't feel like this like description of needing the light of Valinor or you're going to die and you need that through Mithril since that's the only thing that contains the light of the Silmarils which contain the light from the trees of Valinor you know it's like a whole big thing and so I don't really see where this is coming from I don't really see where it's going because we know the elves don't just walk around decked out in Mithril armor because so correct. of uh, the of uh, the main trilogy. And I think it's just really weird because you never hear, like, that is why the Elvendom is fading because of they don't have Mithril. And I was just like, that's so weird. Could not get on board with that description of it. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. I, I'm, again, I really liked how Elrond wa- stuck to his promise pretty Me too. much, right? I like that part. It, outside of mentioning Mithril itself, when I think Celebrimbor probably brought it up, uh, so he was able to say it at least, but he never, you know, he never really gave up and he valued that friendship above all else. And I like how it kind of ended there between him and Durin with them, with the, you know, lying about the table. I thought that was hilarious because yeah, I was, I was like, oh crap. I was like, what did these elves do? And then it comes out that Durin really just was yanking their chains. Yeah, yeah. And he's reveling in the fact that they're going to be in his debt. I think that's a good way to show the greed of dwarves in a very whimsical way. And I thought, again, that Durin and the dwarven kingdom of khazad in general have been highlights of the show for me. And I mm-hmm. just think that whenever they're on screen, they steal the show. Agreed. Um, I really liked him playing with Gilgalad. And I really liked his uh, little speech there at the end to Elrond, where he's like, say it again. Who's going to save all of Elvendom? This guy. (laughs) I thought that was funny. (laughs) And I like how you can just see them walking with that big table all the way in the background. And it it was definitely an enjoyable couple of scenes there. Oh, yeah. Anyway, and now we're jumping over to the last part of this episode, kind of last story arc, Numenor. Again, this time we're saying goodbye. Uh, kind of called it on our head, 
cousin to the queen regent there being a Alpharazon? Power hungry, yes. yeah. Power hungry little man, big man. Yeah, he was definitely very manipulative and he like spelled out for the audience exactly why he's doing what he's doing. Which, you know, mm-hmm. whether he needed to or not, that's another story. But I think that it was a good way of just like making his intentions very clear that, hey, I'm a villain. Do not trust me. I'm doing this for my own gain. Yeah. Also, too, I thought this, I mean, there's not too much on my, uh, for me to talk about from this section. You know, Galadriel's going. Um, Halbrand, who looks like Aragorn, by the yeah. way, has decided to go um, as well. Like, and Asiliador gets on the boat, too. And that, I feel like that's mostly why most, you know, the things happened in the episode that they did is to give a reason for Asiliador to be there and to sort of make up with his dad. I just don't understand why his sister doesn't want them to See, go. See, that's what I was going to bring up. I was going to say, what the heck is going on with Asiliador's sister? Like, why no is she, reasons like, given. anti-elf, anti-everything all of a sudden? Yeah, when your brother and your dad are complete opposites of that. Yeah. Like, where is that opinion coming from? Is it because you work in a place where everyone feels that way? Like, right. What is it that's creating that feeling and that mindset to you that you would feel so strongly to also tell your boyfriend? Yeah. I guess. To, like, make his dad listen to you? I don't know. It was really weird. And it's because of her that I feel like he tried to burn down the ship. Oh, yeah. And it was so dumb. Because I was like, why is she feeling this way? Yeah. I just wish we had some more time with her to understand that. But at the same time... I kind of don't care. Yeah, I don't care at all about her, honestly. No offense to I mean, like, if they fleshed her out more, I'm sure I would care more. But, like, as of right now, we haven't gotten enough for me to really feel any anything else about her. So, And so I actually saw this on uh, Daniel Green's channel earlier today when I was watching his video breakdown of this episode. And mm-hmm. he said that he would almost prefer if Amazon completely ignored any and all Lord of the Rings lore to make this show because he felt like trying to walk that medium between being faithful to the lore when you could and steering away from it when you legally couldn't has caused Amazon to not really have any deep character um, characterizations take place where everybody's like very surface level, very clear with what they're doing. And I just feel like that is one of the problems I have with this series so far is that I just don't care about 90% of the characters because I have no reason to. The characters that I do care about so far, I care about Durin. I care about Elrond. I care a little bit about Galadriel. And I think that's about it. Um, it's, uh, Elendil. I like Elendil. Um, other than that, I don't really care about any other characters. Yeah. I I would agree with a lot of that too. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see. They're really just trying to shove um, how Brand down their throats as being Sauron, though, with all his like maker stuff and everything else. So I want to talk about him for a second. Yeah. So can you explain to me how a guy that was locked up for fighting some guild members was just all of a sudden given a guild crest because they found out an elf. Because an elf told them that he was Southern royalty. <laughs> Listen, like, there was a time uh, pass here of probably a couple months or whatever. 
and we don't know what happened in the time pass because that's also like that was the purpose of the song and the map showing us how they were how the hardfoots were moving until yeah. time has passed not quite sure um what happened in between some of these events so that that was also a weird point for me is because like in some of these storylines i felt like okay things have passed but at the same time not so others much. they have not yeah because i i completely am on board and i think we can oh wait there's one more thing i want to talk about first galadriel's armor so cool really good looking i like it how it had like the like almost loose chain mail at the shoulders yeah so, like, she had more movement in that mm-hmm. area but i'm was curious like where that came from because it would have been cool if halbrand made it for her i think that would have been really cool as well but one we of the know. things that I had seen was that the armor she's wearing has the symbol for the House of Feanor on it, which are like horse, her like sworn blood enemies. So it was interesting to see like where she actually got this armor from or if mm. that was just an oversight from the creators at Amazon. They're like, oh, elven armor. Here's this cool symbol from an elven house. Oh, they hate each other. Oh, well. <laughs> Um, but, I don't know. Yeah. Um, let's get into some predictions, though, for mm. the rest of the series or next episode, whatever way you want to go. So why don't you go ahead and give me anything you got? Oh, man. So we're going to start going through. It's basically the tower with Bronwyn in it is going to be the two towers uh, sort of storyline. Like they're holed up. They're fighting him off. Then they're going to come through the K or through the bottom because like they've made a tunnel and they're going to have to fight them off that way. They're going to be to the point where they're just locked into that tower. People are contemplating just jumping off the top. And all of a sudden then comes Galadriel and the might of Numenor to change the tide, if you will. Save the day. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so that's going to be a big thing, probably. Not this episode. I'm assuming the next episode we'll see them actually kind of getting into it. Next episode, we're going to have some kind of makeup between the stranger and Nori. Maybe we'll get a little more something happening with the stranger. I'm hoping we figure out that he's a wizard real quick here because I'd like to just get the whole... Put that to bed. Yeah, get that done with. Also, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a slight time jump at some point and the dwarves resume digging and at the end of, the, at the end of this series, like you said, or at the end of this season, like you said, we get the Balrog. Durin's Bane Balrog, rising from the ash. Which is why they gave that story like they did, because let's be honest. Mm-hmm. One, it was calling back to Gandalf's fight with the Balrog, and two, it was setting up for the Balrog to still be there. Your thoughts? Your predictions? Yes. Um. So I am 100% in agreement with everything you said so far. I 100% think that Galadriel and Halbrand and the Numenorians are going to rescue Arondir and Bromwen and the rest of the Southlanders that make it through the night <laughs> um, from certain death. I also feel like one of the things that will happen is that Halbrand's going to be crowned king, and I think he's going to get the sword that Theo has. And I don't know, like, if Theo's going to give it to him or if he's going to take it or what. And I think that will be a a crucial part in the turning of Halbrand. 
from this person who's a reluctant hero to somebody that's going to be more of a, a villain. villain for the rest of the series. Yeah. Um, I also feel like some safe predictions um, are around Duran's Bane and again him coming out at the end of the season because I feel like he's an end of the season reveal the Balrog yeah. and the Kazadum. Um, I also think as far as the Harfoots go that they are going to continue to go farther east and see that the land is actually more and more destroyed and then they're going to have to like decide what to do as a people and maybe the story that they're actually telling with the Harfoots are how the Harfoots decided to settle down in the Shire and start to become hobbits as opposed to Harfoots. Yeah. And the, you see they just went through the Grey Marshes, which is located near... The Dead Marshes, which is located near Mordor. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Mordor. So it's interesting that now things are just dying or being or just completely dead because they're going towards the Southlands, right? Yeah, I think they're going towards the Southlands. So I wonder That's if we why I made that all prediction. meet up. Yeah. Wonder see, I don't feel like Nori up. and the Stranger or the Harfoots in general will ever go towards a town with the big folk because that's well, no. considered a hazard or or But I mean, if all of a sudden us. orcs are starting to pop up and yeah. they're saved by Galadriel and company. I don't think that's happening. You don't think they're all going to meet up? I don't. I, okay. I genuinely do not think that. The only thing I could think of is maybe Nori and her family finally get like kicked out by the rest of mm. the company and that Gandalf, a.k.a. the Stranger, meets Galadriel that way. Mm-hmm. But we'll see if that happens or not. I, I like my prediction of him them. for what he is. Yeah, maybe recognizes him as one of the Astari and he's like just learning to cope with his newfound bodily form. Because, again, this comes back to a part from the Silmarillion where the Astari, the Maiar, and the Valar they don't have like a like mm. a set physical shape they kind of take the appearance of the thing they want you to see them as and like so the astari were sent to earth looking like wise old men so that they would be trusted and embraced by the by the groups of middle earth so like if it's kind of like uh gandalf didn't have a tongue before he's learning how to talk with his tongue for the first time basically okay well that would make more sense yeah but again i'm grasping at straws here trying to like rationalize it but either way either way we'll see how it shakes out overall episode was like there was definitely some issues with it but i'm excited that it sort of set stuff up and we've got this exposition off the way so hopefully these next few episodes are just kind of like bang 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 you know yeah that's how i feel i feel like all in all in my opinion this was a weaker episode but I also mm-hmm. think necessary. Yeah, I also think it was necessary because it is focusing in the storylines. It is making them come together, and that will just make hopefully the final three episodes because there's only three episodes left in the first season. That'll make the first, the final three episodes hopefully a little bit more cohesive and a little bit better. Yeah, agreed. All right. Well, we went a little longer than I thought we would, but that's okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Before we get on out of here. Just want to say again, check out the giveaway, which is the details are on our Instagram, um, or you can send us an email with your entry or get at us on Twitter with your entry as well. All right. With all of that being said, this is Two Nerds signing off.
See ya. See ya. Time to part the ways.